You all sound pretty on that last song, I tell you what. <clears throat> I like it when I can just stop singing and hear you all, hear your voices coming from the back, not just from the front. That's, I just love that part. Okay, sorry. Had nothing to do with today, but I just like that. Um, <clears throat> many of you know, uh, you saw the prayer request go out yesterday. I lost my grandfather yesterday. Um, I was actually on my way to a different funeral, a different family member, when I got the news for that. So it's been an interesting week for both sides of the family. Um, and just appreciate your prayers, uh, especially for my dad, because he is out of town with my mom, teaching people about children's ministry in Albuquerque, and he can't get home fast enough, and he's, he's dying uh, to get back here. So um, it's just one of those things. My grandpa lived <clears throat> 94 years, one of the last World War II vets, and uh, just a uh, hardest working man, and uh, cared so much about his family, and it's... Uh, it's just interesting because he outlived everybody that he knew. Um, and so it's one of those weird things like I'm glad you get to go home and I'm glad um, you get to be with grandma and I'm glad that's all going on. But it's still selfishly it's like my grandpa just passed away. Uh, so it's that, it's that weird, weirdness. So thank you for your prayers. And I, I just would uh, covet those for my dad um, as he tries to, to deal with all that and what that looks like. Um, so um, feel free to send him a card or... Uh, anything like that, I know it would mean the world to them. Um, so thank you for your prayers and the emails I've gotten and all, all that just <clears throat> are very, very touching. We're going to start a series on prayer. And honestly, I ha- don't know how long this series is going to go on. Usually I have a timetable, I have a clear destination with we want to cover this, 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 this in, the, in, the, in it. On this one, I really kind of want to talk about prayer until I'm done talking about prayer. Um, so this could go on for a long time, uh, but that, that's just kind of what's been on my heart. We had a whole nother series planned out, mapped out. Um, I'm going to be gone in a couple of weeks on vacation and I already had the guest, you know, the guest speaker already had what he was going to talk about. And I was like, that's not where we're supposed to go. Um, and so I had to call him and be like, "Eh, you're going to (laughs) change. Just kidding. Just, just, uh, just kidding. Um, and that worked out because it's my dad. So I can tell him that. (laughs) (laughs) Got an ace in the hole on that one. Uh, so uh, he's like, prayer's good. I like prayer. He's like, okay. So we're going to talk about prayer uh, for a little while. We're going to come at it from different, um, different viewpoints in the scripture. Today we're going to examine uh, the Lord's Prayer. That's something we might have all have uh, memorized as kids or heard of or whatnot. Um, I, I honestly, full disclosure, did not memorize the Lord's Prayer until I was 16 years old or 15 years old. Uh, because my swim coach made us, in a public school, made us recite the Lord's Prayer before every swim meet. Pretty sure that was against the law, but he did it anyway. He would walk out of the room, he's like, you boys are going to say the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and then close the door. That's so what he did, every, every, every meet. And so I didn't know it. And they're all like, well, you're the pastor's kid, why don't you lead us? And I was like, it's a freshman. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know the Lord's Prayer. I don't have it memorized. Because we never, my family, we never did the Lord's Prayer. We, we prayed all time, I don't say that, but we didn't, we didn't do the, the, the resuscitation of uh, the reciting of the Lord's Prayer. And so that caught me off guard. And I thought, huh, I got I to gotta learn this. Uh, but so it's a very powerful prayer, but we're going to talk about how our viewpoints on that prayer, how it needs to be a, a, a framework and not a magic pill. And so we're going to talk about that today. But for the rest of our time talking about praying, we're going to talk about individuals who find themselves stuck or in a certain place, start praying. And they're praying for different things in different ways. 
and how God interacts with them. So we'll be covering some of the giants of the faith, but they all had to deal with different situations uh, in prayer. So what was important for me to take away from this is prayer is not a one prescriptive thing. It's not just for this. Like every time I have a boo-boo, I don't, it's not the Neosporin. It's not like just add prayer and we're good. It is a, a more encompassing relationship than that. And I wanted to broaden our horizons and go through all the different people in the, uh, well, not all of them, uh, or we would be doing this forever, but a lot of the different people in the scripture and how prayer uh, affected their lives. Because <clears throat> for me, uh, I get in a rut with prayer pretty easily. And I have a feeling you probably do as well. And so I want to come at it at different angles because we all have different personalities and we might find a way in which it opens up prayer and this conversation with God in a whole uh, different way. Does that make sense? So that's where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks. It might be very interesting to you. I hope it will be um, because prayer is so powerful, so integral to what we do as Christians and who we are is that if we think about it with all humility, in a prayer time, we are coming before the Lord of all creation with, for us. Like, we have the audacity to say, Hey, God, um, I need help with this, 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 and this, and this, and, you know, it'd be great if I got a raise. Right? And we, we come up with, with our laundry list. But we have the audacity to do that, and he cares. That, that's what blows me away, is we have the audacity to do that. But I want to reframe a little bit, maybe the, the way in which we approach God, but also how we work that. And so that's where we're at and where we're, we're going to be handling. And I am blown away that we serve a God, and I'm in love with a God who I can call Papa, and I can call Daddy, and I can come before with <clears throat> humility, and he wants to hear about my day. Now, that is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Maybe you've never heard of God or thought of God in that way, but it is uh, who he is and who Jesus says he is right here. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Prayer, and this is going to be our main thought for all day long. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And this is the switch in which we need to make. This is a big switch But the whole Lord's Prayer, this whole Matthew 6 is where we're going to be at today, is talking about how to change this in our heads. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. How many of us, we start praying when we've tried everything else? Right? Oh, you know, we we go through the laundry list. We go through all the stuff. I did it all my way, God. Now will you bail me out? There is a reason they call it a Hail Mary pass in football, Right? All right, well, we tried everything we could. Now, uh, that doesn't work out that well all the time, right? People tried Hail Mary passes yesterday. A bunch of them got intercepted. A bunch of them just fell on the ground. A bunch of them didn't go where they were supposed to go. And out of that desperation, out of that, that stuff, we get so caught up in our own plans that we're not even in tune with what God has for us. And so prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. If we're walking with God the whole way, that last resort sometimes isn't really needed. Is it, do we still have to throw up um, those desperation prayers? Absolutely. You see a man like uh, David who still finds, he's walking with God 
And he still finds himself going, Lord, I'm getting pressed on every side. People are chasing me around in caves. I need to be bailed out bad. And God still shows up in those points. So I'm not saying just a desperation prayer is inherently bad, but I would like our prayer lives and our Christian lives to be, look more like prayer is our first response to the day. Not our first response to a crisis, but our first response to a day. When our feet hit the ground, our first thing, before we brush our teeth, before we get in the shower, before God doesn't care what your breath smells like. It's, it's okay. He created that. It's all right. To pray. To say, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Some of us, the best part of our day just happened, right? We didn't make anybody mad at us. We didn't, you know, we did nothing like that. But God, I, I need your help today. And starting our day with prayer, with communicating with God before, because if we wait until after coffee, we've put coffee in front of God. And I'm telling you, I don't do this as well as I want to do it, okay? This is not Jared being holier than thou or anything like that. This is something I'm trying to do. But I've said, I need, well, I can't, I can't pray until I have my coffee. I can't pray until I eat. I can't pray until, we've just now relied on ourselves more than we've relied on God. We'll get to that later in the message. But prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. I think about this as a mindset is in a couple of weeks, I'm going to, uh, I got to go over to the, the, my in-law's lake house and I got to close it up for the winter because we got to blow out the, the um, I better figure this out. You got to blow out the water from the, from the lines because they'll freeze and you got to do maintenance. You got to do this. The, the, no one likes to do maintenance. Anybody here, their favorite part of the day is changing the air filter in their heater. You know, that's not fun. <laughs> Paul's like, I love it. <laughs> but you know, I do it and I probably don't do it often enough. And I just think of like, Oh, I was breathing that. That's my thought. It's, I don't, if I just ignore it, it doesn't happen. But I'm going to do maintenance on this house, and I'm going to have to blow out the lines of the water, and I'm going to have to make sure all these different things are, are shut, and that little chipmunks can't come in and make their home in the, in the house, and all these different things are going to happen. Well, that's a pain. I've got to get in the water and take the dock out because my mother-in-law doesn't want to, wants to wait until there's ice cubes actually floating in the lake before we take the, 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 the dock out. We have to do that. Because what's the alternative? If I don't perform the maintenance, I'm going to get a call in February. Oh, the water lines burst. Oh, well, the pier got swept away by an iceberg here in the lake. That's a whole different, bigger issue, is it not? That's a whole different can of worms. Because I was too, maybe lazy, or didn't have the time, or didn't have the right relationship with it to, to take care of the maintenance. Today is kind of a, a reframing of our prayer life as to a maintenance thing instead of the, the last resort. Does that make sense? Um, that's that's kind of how I'm, I'm thinking about it. My cars need oil changes. Um, I'm not asking for help. I'm just saying I've been bad about it. Uh, I, need the, I need the oil change in my car because, well, while it's a pain to leave, you know, go the whole half an hour and get your oil change and pay your 60, 50 bucks or whatever it is, um, I'm pretty sure burning up my engine is going to be a little bit more inconvenient. Than that. And so this is this idea that I was thinking of when I, when I thought of this. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort, is that it's a little too late when your engine seizes up to go, oh, I needed an oil change. Because that's really not going to help you, is it? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know much about cars, but I'm pretty sure that that, you know, oh, I'll blow out the lines now that they're frozen solid and water is all over the kitchen. No, that's not going to work, Paul? Oh, okay. 
Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Our Father in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. And we also have forgiven our debtors. That is written different than I have memorized and that's rough. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now we think about this and a lot of us have heard this all of our life. And it kind of flies off the tongue and we can do it real fast. But I want to slow down and break this apart. What is the context of this? Every rabbi had a way in which they approached prayer. They had a way in which they approached fasting. They had a way in which they approached life. And Jesus, as a Jewish rabbi, was approached by his followers. So, rabbi, how do you do this prayer thing? Because it's not like Jesus is inventing prayer. This has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Jesus is not going, oh, guys, there's this thing you can do. You can talk to God. People have been doing that for a long, 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 long time. From, you know, as soon as the man's basically created, prayer is invented. And so that's not what's going on. But Jesus is saying, this is the way in which I teach my followers. This is the standard in which I would have us in. So it's, it is a, uh, a reframing as a didactic, as a teaching technique. This is how you should pray. Does that make sense? Okay. Jesus gives the disciples a framework to work from, not a magic formula. This isn't like a a super prayer. This isn't the one that, as long as I just pray this prayer, everything's fine. All right? This is the framework in which to start operating from. My kids, we pray every night before we go to bed. And uh, my kids do this thing. We started it out. Thank you, God, for mommy and daddy and Kendall and Bowen. And then we would add on whatever else prayer requests were going on. And so Bowen is fabulous at this. Thank you, mommy, daddy, Kendall, Bowen. Thank you, mommy, daddy, Kendall, Bowen. You know, or, you know, that's, that's what he does. Thank you, mommy, daddy, Kendall, Bowen. And if you, you think he's speaking in tongues, but he's actually praying. Uh, like, he's not German. It's just the way he, thank you, mommy, daddy, Kendall, Bowen. And then he slows down, and this is beautiful, because our kids are, they, if you tell them a prayer request, if you go back there right now and be like, Bowen, I need you to pray for my left foot, he'd be like, if he knows your name, you know, he, for now until I tell him he can stop, he will be praying for your left foot. And that is what he does. He, he, both of them do that, and their little hearts just break, and it's wonderful and beautiful to see. So we've been praying, my mom's going to have uh, shoulder replacement surgery here in a couple weeks, and so pray for that, I'll just ask you to pray for that. And, uh, and we've been praying for great-grandpa. And so he goes, thank you, Mommy, daddy, Kendall, And then he slows down. And please be with silly grandma's shoulder. And that's her name. You can refer to her as that, too. And, um, and, and be with great-grandpa. And he slows down because he's, you can tell he's actually thinking about that. And I, I thought, wow, that, for my own prayer life. How many things do I just rattle off because that's the same prayer that I just pray? How do I need to slow down and say, okay, I need to take all these relationships and slow them down and bring them before God instead of just rattle them off. I hope that's helpful to you. Um, 
This first in the framework in which God sets up, when Jesus sets up, is to connect to God relationally. Relationally. This is huge. It's beautiful. It's earth-changing for us. Connect to God relationally. Our Father in heaven. Father. Doesn't get much more personal than that. Abba is the word you can use, which just means Papa. Which is the word Jesus uses. Uh, Romans 8.15. So you have, dis- you have not received a spirit that makes you as fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit, which he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Our Father in heaven. We connect to him relationally, that we can actually have this relationship. And that's important. That's the foundation in which we can set to actually have a foundation, actually have a relationship with God. Connect to God relationally. We don't have to go through anything else to get to him. My kids don't have to go through a a secondary source to climb on my lap. Is there fear of me? Yes. Is Is there a moment where I do that and they know something better stop? I'll be praying in a thing, and if they're in the room and they do something, I just snap. There's a reason they do that. Not because I beat them. <laughs> but because, because there's a healthy fear, but they also don't hesitate when they need something or have a scratch or a splinter or whatever to crawl up in my lap at the same time. That's the kind of, same kind of thing. I noticed in my own personal life that sometimes I don't have the fear of the Lord that I need to, this awe, this you are God. I just kind of like, man, take him for granted. Yeah, God, I uh, really would appreciate it if you did these things. And I need to have that fear of a father, but also that respect of a father and that, um, that crawling up in the lap. It's, a, it's all those different emotions and, uh, and thinking at the same time. We worship his name. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. For some of us... <clears throat> Praying God, the different names of God is incredibly helpful. Um, I, I haven't gotten too much into this as a, my way I pray. Some people absolutely love it. I have friends who this is what they, they, their prayer time is just going through different names of God. There's not different gods here, and it's not just a pantheon of all these different uh, gods that we're worshiping. It is the same God, and then we just you tack on an attribute of that God. I'll explain here in a second. Yahweh is the name of the Hebrew God, the God in which we serve, the God in which we love. So Yahweh is the focus of that. I am who I am is what that means. Now, when we did translation work back a couple hundred years ago, it got translated into Jehovah. But there is no J in Hebrew, so I, I, there's a song... Uh, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. I heard that song first when I was in college and a punk 20-year-old. And I was like, but that's not really the name of God. I got really snotty about it. It's okay. He understands what it is. Um, but um, Jehovah would be how you're really supposed to pronounce that because Jared doesn't actually exist. Yeshua, Yahshua, Yerod, that would be how you pronounce the J's. So they're actually like kind of wise for any of you who care. Um, Maybe you're the punk person too. Um, so, um, but the na- a few names of God that might be uh, specific to your area or specific to your condition is how is God, basically you're saying, how God, how are you Lord of this area? So Jehovah Rapha is our healer. So God, our healer, God, Lord of healing. 
is what you would pray. So if you're praying for healing, you can pray, Jehovah Rapha, you are the Lord of all healing. You have all control and all dominion over our bodies. You are the creator, Jehovah Rapha. Does that make sense? Give me a head nod, give me a rattle. If it does, do this. If it doesn't, I'll keep on talking. All right. Um, Jehovah or Jehovah uh, Nisi. It's God the victor, the conqueror, the one in charge. Sometimes I need to hear that. I need to pray, God, you are, you have the victory. It's not in doubt. I'm not worried, are we going to pull this one out? It's not bottom of the ninth and it can go either way. It's already been won. Somebody in here today needed to hear that. It has already been won. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Shalom. I love this one. That's God our peace. God our peace. Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. God our provider. We are not, that's not different gods that you are praying to. It is one God you're praying to, and you're just talking about an attribute that in which he has. Does this make sense? I want to be very clear about that. We are not, it's not a bunch of different gods. It's the same. It always kind of freaked me out when I first started reading all these names of God. It's like, how, well, how does that work? Um, it's just attributes. Um, like, anyway, you got it. Worship his name. Next, pray his agenda first. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray, we pray God's agenda first. Pray God's agenda first. Notice I haven't got to my laundry list of issues yet. Because if I'm praying for his agenda first, guess what happens to my laundry list? Because if it's not a last resort and I'm already aligning myself for what God has for me and what he, needs, what he wants from me and how he, where he wants me to be and I'm, I am actively participating in his agenda, a lot of that, my laundry list starts to go, that wasn't important. He's answering my prayer by saying, no, 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 you don't, it doesn't matter if your washing machine broke. <laughs> it's, a, I mean, it's, it's a legitimate prayer request, but it's the, it's the still, it doesn't matter. We're cutting that out. You're starting to parse it away because we're getting into his agenda. Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Pray his agenda first. Which is difficult for me. I like my agenda. I like it on my timetable. I've recently found out that people don't operate at my speed. It has been a very disturbing experience. I was like, man, everybody around me is so much slower than me. Which they are. They're a lot more perfectionists than I am, but that's okay. But I was like, man, okay, okay. And Kelly's just laughing at me because she's a perfectionist. And she's like, yeah, 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 Jared, you, uh, you need to slow it down. I was like, well, you know who my mother is, right? But I recently found this out, and I need to, I need to work on that because it's not that, it's just I'm hyperactive. It's not that everybody else is slow. Um, But my agenda, when I, when I get caught up in that, is I'm praying for my agenda or I'm operating on my agenda and not God's agenda. And how does that work? And how does that affect the priorities in my life? And how does that make everything else fall in line? Does this make sense? Pray his agenda first. <clears throat> and that goes right into the next one. Depend on him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Depend on God for 
everything. Depend on him for everything. Everybody say everything. Everything, everything means everything, right? Now, not, not just some things, not a few things. It means everything. Depend on him. God, give us our daily bread, our daily sustenance, our even down to our caloric intake. God, will you provide that? For us, depend on him for everything. Psalm 121 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Your hope doesn't come from the mountains. Now, that's kind of a weird thing to be in the Bible. What hope would be coming from the mountains? Well, the mountains in ancient time is where the government structure was. Okay? So he's saying, I do, my hope is not coming from the government. This is important for us. My hope does not come from the government. And also, what was up in them high places? If you read First and Second Kings, it's always uh, the dedicated of God are going up and destroying the high places. And what's up in those high places are different kinds of God and altar things. Pagan rituals and pagan rites are happening up there. And so uh, I'm not looking on, up to the mountains for my help. I'm not looking to the government, and I'm not looking up to other gods for my help. My help comes from the Lord. Do you hear that? You see that? Depend on God for everything. We're not depending on man. We're not depending on other entities, but on God. Get your heart right with God and with people. This is difficult. Everything else has been okay, but this one. You mean I got to forgive people? <clears throat> I don't want it. Forgive us our debtors as we forgive, or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This might mean financial, but this also means a relationship with God and with people. Get your heart right with God and with people. Time in your prayer time, when you're talking with Him, maybe it's a preemptive forgiveness. God, I know that person. I'm going to work with them today. They're going to drive me a little insane. God, help me to have extra mercy. God, let me just not be offended. Let me, help me to choose not to be offended by what's going to happen there. My wife is going to talk to me in about 30 seconds because she knows I'm awake. Help me not to be offended. I don't have that problem. I'm just Get your heart right with God and with people. God, is there anything? Search me, O oh Lord. Search me. Is there anything in here that's keeping us from having a good relationship? Is there anything happening? Is there sin stuff that I haven't been dealing with that's hidden in there? Maybe I've just pressed it down, pressed it down. God, is there anything in there that's keeping me from having a right relationship with you? And he might be pointing, yeah, you haven't forgiven so-and-so. You're holding grudges here. You got stuff in the way there. All right, God, let me forgive so-and-so today. And really let it go. That's a matter of prayer, and that's a matter of coming back to God. Because sometimes we wear, we carry wounds that are deep. Get your heart right with God and with people. First John one nine says, "But if we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness." Engage in spiritual warfare. 
Ephesians, um, and do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That might be not, you're going, what do you, what do you mean by spiritual warfare? There is actively an enemy who is trying to lie, steal, and destroy you as a person, as a spiritual entity. He's going down and he's trying to take as much people with him as possible. And we have to be engaging in our prayer life. God, I ask for your protection from Satan today. I ask for your protection. I need your strength. I need your help. Engage in it. You can't win a war you're not fighting. And sometimes we, I have a, a friend who just, it was really neat. I'm really, really excited about this actually because we're more, we're just becoming friends. And uh, I've met him since we've been uh, living here. And he texted me and he said, hey, he goes to a different church. I got, I got saved today. And I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> so and he said, I got saved today. I was like, all right. And he said, I really need your help because I know things are going to come against me. And it, like two days later, he's like, Jared, everything bad's happening. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, because uh, that's called spiritual warfare, my friend. And, but he recognized it. And I thought that was beautiful. He recognized it. And he was also calling out to help. Say, Jared, will you pray for me? I need help in this. And we have to do that as brothers and sisters in Christ to say, I will stand in the gap for you. That if I have an issue, I know Paul, my brother Paul Minch is going to pray for me on it and say, Paul, I need prayer here because I'm weak. And we have to be vulnerable enough with each other to do that, to walk in lockstep with each other, to fight this fight together. And finally, we have to express faith in God's ability. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And this goes right hand in hand with the spiritual warfare. Because if we express, like, God, you've got this. It's, the, the outcome is not in doubt. You have this, Lord. We have to express that he has this, that he's got the most, uh, the power in this. In our society today, we have, a, our culture teaches a faulty religion. It teaches a duality, that Satan is as powerful as God. Or more powerful. If you even look at wonderful things like um, just all of our movies and um, video games and whatnot, it's this weird thing where Satan has all the power and God like might show up at the end. Even if you look at Lord of the Rings, which was written by a Christian, it's the same thing. Oh, the Satan's got all this power, all this power. And it's this Hail Mary pass that might win the whole thing. We're, we're teaching our young people that, that Satan has all this power and God might, might win. And this is not, this is false. All authority, all power, the kingdom is yours, God. We have to express faith that we actually believe that he can win, that he has won. It's a different mindset. Instead of poor me, poor me, poor me, I'm getting trampled, I'm getting whooped, I'm getting pushed around. No, no, we we already already won this thing. Didn't, Didn't we not win this thing? I read the back of the book, we win, right? (laughs) 
when we seek God's face in this way, we reshape and reframe the way in which we operate as a person. When we start looking at prayer in these ways, we change the whole narrative. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. When we operate out of a prayerful mindset and a prayerful attitude, we start to reshape all the things in which how we deal with our daily stresses and our daily lives. When we pray for his agenda first and are okay to submitting to that. That's a struggle. That's hard. Pray for his authority in our lives instead of our own. To get our heart right with God and people. To lay down the grievances that we have. And say, God, it's yours now. You take it. To express faith in God's ability. God, I know you are God. Because a last resort kind of prayer, the Hail Mary kind of prayer, is that this might work. And I don't want to operate out of prayer as this might work. That it's this conversation, it's this lap conversation between you and God. I had one of those rare moments. Bowen has never been my little buddy. Kendall has always been my little girl. Daddy's girl. And Bowen, we were at Taco Bell. I had my proudest daddy moment with Bowen at Taco Bell. I don't understand this, but it happened. And we're sitting there, and we're just talking. My mom's there, Kelly's there, and I'm there, and and the kids. We're at Taco Bell, and Bowen just stops what he's doing and comes over and climbs up my chair and sits in my lap. I tell you what, we could have gone to Walmart. He would have had anything he wanted in that place. (laughs) I didn't tell him to come here, buddy. He didn't do anything wrong. He was fine. He just wanted to sit in my lap. I want to change. I know how that made me feel as a father. And I can't imagine how our creator feels about us like that. I want to change in which, the way in which I, I view prayer into crawling up into my daddy's arms and my daddy's lap. And making him proud of me and making him and realizing the, the, the plans that he has for my life. What does that look like? Maybe that needs to change the way in which you, you view prayer with awe and respect and know that all power is there, but that we have the privilege of crawling up in his lap. That that's available to you. That you don't have to do this by yourself anymore. There's a God there who cares deeply about you. Cares about your wounds. Cares about your hurts. Cares about your issues. And he's a God who can actually do something about it. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Would you pray with me? God, I ask you to make prayer a real thing to us, a real experience. God, some of us have been praying for a long time about the same things. And Lord, I ask for an answer. I ask to hear the answer. Some of us haven't prayed in a long time. 
Lord, I ask you to birth a yearning for us to hear your voice, to sit on your lap. God, we might fumble, we might mess up, we might say the wrong things. Lord, I I pray that you hear the intention of our heart, not just the words of our mouth. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who takes the time to hear my prayers, to hear my heart. God, I want to be moved by what moves you. I want to care about what you care about. I want to reframe my expectations to your expectations. I want to forgive the people like you forgive them. God, I'm not asking for a small thing. I'm asking for you to radically change my whole life. The way in which I interact with people, the way in which I interact with you. God, I ask for a yearning for your presence on these people and in this place that we yearn for you. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.